Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Morning, Matt. Morning, Stu. Bright and early this morning, we are. Yeah, we are. And uh, Hopefully bright. Hopefully this will be bright. Yeah, that's it. And it will be bright. That's it. Well, uh, well, it's been summer for the last two days, and it feels like it's gone back to winter again where we are, but that's okay. Uh, we can cope with that. Listeners, welcome to Thrive Deeper uh, as we launch into the book of Philippians today. Mm. And a relatively short book in the Bible, but yeah. there's a lot in this, and uh, it's going to be a great little journey through this book. We're going to cover this book totally in this episode of Thrive Deeper. I, so, I love this. This is a very personal book, and I, I really love it when Paul who for some reason I, I'm I feel very connected with I connect well with Paul I find his example and his experiences just so impacting really yeah. and this is this is a letter where he shares quite personally and whenever he does that and he does that for example in second Corinthians as well he does that a bit in second Timothy and mm. these are precious moments I think uh, in scripture but there's some beautiful beautiful stuff yeah uh, in this letter and even a little bit of an emotional outburst at one point too I, I feel which we yeah. might come to mm. uh, a little later on where clearly he's getting frustrated <clears throat> with, with things that are happening to mm. his friends there but this letter was probably written uh, to the church in Philippi, probably around 10 years after the church was formed. And if you want to read on, you'll probably cover this, Matt, anyway, uh, in Acts chapter 16, you'll get to hear a, a little bit about how the church was formed when they headed over to, to Philippi on one of Paul's uh, early missionary journeys. I think it was the second missionary journey he actually ministered at Philippi. And this letter is probably written uh, near the end of his Roman imprisonment, mm. um, probably around... AD 60 or 61, and as I say, about 10 years after that initial journey to Philippi when the church was uh, planted there. Mm. Matt, you've got a little bit of a chronological... Yeah. Well, it's interesting just to say first, Stu, the you know the context of the founding of the church is we we actually have a little bit of information about that don't yeah, we because he do. meets you know he meets Lydia in Philippi first yeah. of all, and she's a dealer in you know wealthy uh, cloth merchant, and and then they have that situation where they're where he he um, drives a demon out of a yes. a girl who tells fortunes, and then that that causes a bit of a riot, and they get taken to prison. And that's that famous story with when they're singing hymns in the middle of the night, and the prison doors is earthquake, and the prison doors fly open. The Philippian jailer comes and says, "You know, sirs, what must we do to be saved?" Yeah, yeah. And he and his whole household are saved. So that's the, that is the, that's beginning, the beginning of, of the, the church. Fl- yeah, that's right. But so, a small group. And and I mean, just very quickly, Lydia, when they arrived, normally what Paul would do when he arrived in a, in a new city, he would go find yeah. the synagogue and start yeah. there. Well, there wasn't one there. Yeah. So headed down to the river. That's where he met Lydia. Yeah. And uh, and others, and kind of that's you know, Lydia believed the the gospel message from Paul and really invited everyone to her home. And and then, yeah. as you say, that's right. Uh, it's interesting around that time. Actually, I did a bit of historical research. Uh, there's a historian called Tacitus of the time yep. who reported a lot of earthquakes in that area at the time. Mm. So, it, you know, it was it was one of those things that was going on yeah, a fair bit around the place. Right. And um, and if you remember the story, Paul didn't take the opportunity to escape, and all the prisoners stayed. Mm. And as you say, uh, the prison guard, and in fact, his whole household, and in yeah, fact, the, potentially a whole lot of others, because we read a reference a little later here where he says, and particularly the the brothers from the prison, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, Possibly a number of other guards yeah, as well that's right. along the way. The interesting thing about that episode is what Paul and Silas had to go through yeah. 
to actually reach that Philippian jailer. You know, you think they were beaten severely. They were put in prison. And so rather than, you know, complaining and they, you know, they were singing hymns. And so there was a real witness in that yeah. uh, to the jailer. And, and of course, then they didn't run away when the prison doors flew open. Mm. They were still there. Mm. And it was mission first all the way. And and so that led really to, to the beginnings along with Lydia of this church. So it's I think it's it's nice to think of those guys sitting in church when this is being read out. Yes. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're there uh, yeah. when this letter is finally yeah. delivered and it would have been read out in church and you've got Lydia there mm. and her mm. uh, her family probably and then you've got the Philippian jailer and all of his uh, family, you know, from that original episode. So that's nice. That's nice to think. So just run through some a bit of a reconstruction of yeah, events great. around this letter. So within a few months of Paul's arrival in Rome, his imprisonment in Rome, the, the Philippians became aware of his situation. Yeah. And so they mounted their efforts and they raised this large monetary gift that he talks about. And, and recognizing that at the time where they were in, in Philippi, there was a famine. Uh, and so they were going through their own yeah. struggles and challenges. I mean, it was, it was like giving out of, the lack that they had in, yeah. in many ways, you know. Yeah, that's right. So that's significant. So yeah. they, and and of course, when you went into prison, the, the government didn't really look after you. It was up to you, you had to. There's no Netflix, is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, uh, no, uh, but you also your friends had to look feed after you, you yeah. and feed you in yeah. prison. Yeah. Uh, so that's they didn't important. want to pour money into prison. That's right. <clears throat> so they raising this gift to actually sustain Paul yeah. in his uh, imprisonment. But as you say, they were undergoing. You know some significant difficulties uh, mm-hmm. themselves. On top of this, actually, there were some opponents of the Christian community that were causing alarm in the con- congregation, and th- there are also these. And, and it's difficult to know because he refers to Judaizers. these Judaizers, yeah, who are people that are coming into the congregation saying, no, no, you need to be circumcised. You need to observe all of these Jewish customs. We don't really know exactly who these people are, mm. but most probably the typical thing that we've, we see in the background of a number of the letters, yeah. because of course, a lot of the first uh, believers were, uh, were Jews and amongst them, some of them insisted uh, on the continued observance yeah. of these. And uh, it'd be fair to say there'd probably be some other missionaries, for want of a better word, at the same amount of time out there sort of yeah. presenting the gospel or yeah. their gospel, which is kind of what you're saying there, where it's like it's a bit of, well, yeah, that is true, but you also have to do these other things as well. Yeah, that's right. Spot on. So all of these factors were creating disagreements, a bit mm-hmm. of distrust, you know, there's a bit of a, I mean, you know, they're going through a time of need themselves and, you know, so there's a bit of anxiety there. And this potentially is stirring up a bit of a uh, look-after-yourself mentality, a bit of a poisonous spirit of sort of self-seeking, which he addresses uh, in this. And the leadership of the church, particularly the persons of uh, Eudoa and uh, Syntyche, had you know fallen to this sin of dissension. And look, the general health of the church was starting to deteriorate. Now, they were probably conscious of how much they were in need of spiritual help and guidance, so they dispatched this guy Epaphroditus mm. with uh, this gift and they asked Paul to keep him, probably asked him to keep Epaphroditus as his assistant, but maybe send back Timothy yeah. back to Philippi. Now on the way to Rome, Epaphroditus fell ill, yes. uh, like seriously ill. And uh, he was 
not able to fulfil uh, his mission uh, in a speedy way. He wasn't able to get there quickly. Uh, quickly. Mm. So uh, a report of his setback reached Philippi and they were all concerned about this. Eventually, however, he did uh, get at least well enough to continue on to Rome. But by the time he gets there, Paul had probably been in prison for about a year. So, well, I mean, the Philippians off- offering would have been massively appreciated. Mm. And so he's very thankful, but... He's also now got this news of all of these problems in the church in Philippi, and he he doesn't want to send Timothy. He's going to send Epaphroditus back, back. Uh, to them with this uh, with this letter. So he's, you know, he's addressing a, a complex situation in this. It's interesting, you know, that the, these are real situations yeah. behind these letters. But yeah. what comes out actually is really uh, really beautiful. What comes out of these letters because he's got to do a few things. He's got to commend them for their generosity, but also address. bring bring an element, address the problems, and mm. bring an element of correction mm. as well as uh, just explain why he's sending Epaphroditus back and yeah. uh, and so forth. So so that's yeah. that's the. Um, situation behind the letter, and and previously for the letters that Paul had written from prisons, uh, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon, they'd been uh, with Tychicus, who'd been yeah. he'd been the one who carried yeah. the, those letters. So <clears throat> Epaphroditus was actually from Philippi. So um, as you say, he he was taking the gift to Rome, mm. and uh, yeah, amazing yeah. amazing story. And obviously he he was well again, and and. Uh, Paul kind of alludes here, I'm sending him back because I know they've been worried about you kind of thing. He, yeah. He's trying to put that spin on why it needs yeah, to that's be Epaphroditus. Right. Yeah, that's right. You, so. It's interesting <laughs> that, you know, it's a similar, you know, I mentioned the situation in Philippi when Paul and Silas were there and they were put in prison. And, and there was this, you know, even though that was bad for them, it was good for the mission because yes. that's how the Philippian jailer got, uh, got saved. Mm. And Paul is essentially saying the same thing to them about his imprisonment now mm. uh, here in, in Rome because he's saying, look, I'm in chains. And I and, and the problem is to them that would feel like, oh, no, why is God letting, why that, is happen. God letting that happen? You know, is, 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 you know, here is this missionary and he's in chains in Rome. How is the message going to go out? And yeah. Paul is saying, no, no, as they should have known because the, you know, of what happened in Philippi with yeah. Paul and Silas, yeah. that, that led to many of them coming to faith. He's saying his imprisonment actually is advancing the cause of the gospel. Yeah. That many, uh, you know, around the prison uh, and the whole palace guard, in fact, understand that he's in yeah. chains for his message yeah. and that he's been able to, you know, proclaim this message confidently. Yeah. So, you know, so it's this, you know, mission first. And yeah. this is what I love about this letter is that it, it's so mission first. And, you know, Paul goes on to say, you know, hey, because he's aware that he might, that this might be it for him. Yeah, that's right. He could die in prison. That's right. Mm. And so, and he's saying, well, that's okay because that's it, uh, you know if if I die I go to be with Christ. Yeah, but he's emphasising the fact that, that I'm so I'm he's saying I'm I'm at peace with with dying because I'm conscious that I'm only here for mission. I'm here for mission. I'm here for you guys. So he doesn't know, but he you know he's sensing that he's still needed mm. for a little longer, and he's saying, but you know I know that it's for your good. Yeah, uh, and he actually you know, says it's better for me to stay because yeah. I can then help you guys grow. But it, you're right; he's sort of setting the scene in case that doesn't happen, and and saying that's not failure; that's a good thing because now I'm with Christ. Yeah. So he says in verse 22, "If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Mm. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is." Better by far, man. Yeah, this is how you know. And this is not a comfy prison, you know. Let's no, just no, be, that's right. It's hard yeah. for us to kind of comprehend. You know, there'd be one of the worst places to be in a Roman prison. Yeah. 
and yeah. uh, he's still able to write that. Yeah, that's right. It's such a great example of this mindset, right? And he's going to talk in in the next chapter about a mindset, have this same mindset, right, yeah. that was in Christ, who yeah. gave up everything, mm. came to us, mm. and sacrificed his life for us. Now, and he's he's Paul is demonstrating this mindset, right? Yeah. And you know, in in our perspectives podcast, Thrive Perspectives, we've talked uh, as we've talked about worldview. Now, the illustration that I've used is that where we're like a, a military platoon that's dropped out of a helicopter yeah. in a hostile zone. We've, we're there, we fulfill a mission, we get picked up on the other hill at the end. Yeah. And and that's life. You know, life is mission. And mm. it's 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 in a hostile zone and it's not always going to be comfortable. It's going to be opposition. And this is Paul. You see this, Paul, living totally. this reality, yeah, don't totally. you? Because yeah, he's totally. totally on mission. He's saying, well, man, man my, it could be my pickup might be due and I'm fine with that. I'm yeah. ready for my pickup, you know. Yeah. But uh, I'm aware that there's still work to do mm. and I know that... That it's he's saying it's for your, mm. it's for the, you know it's for your good that I stay. So yeah, and we'll so, press on until God says it's time for me yeah. to be done here. So mm, that's right. It's interesting. Just a bit before this, uh, Stu, he acknowledges that there are other people getting around and you know preaching this gospel, and and I find this, I find this interesting because this has been the case. This is the case then, and and I think very much still the case now. He says in. Verse 15, it's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. And then he goes down in verse 18 to say, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And, you know, in, in, in my mm. experience, that is so that is so much the case. You, people out there can be plant, you know, planting churches or growing churches or, or doing ministry for all different sort of motives. Yeah. You know, and none of us have pure, pure motives. Pure no. motives. And yet, the, you know, the main thing, you know, even though that may be the case, you know, Paul is addressing this here and saying, yes, but the main thing is that Christ is preached. Yes. And, and when the message goes out, it will have an impact on people. And so God can use very, very crooked sticks, even people who are, you know, who are, in a sense, building their own ego, perhaps by by doing this and wanting to build a bit of a following and all the worst that you can imagine, as long as they're preaching the gospel, yeah. people are going to come to faith, and it's yeah. it's going it, to you know. And even that's if some of yeah thing. exactly, and even if some, and I think he addresses this a little later in the book. If some of those are kind of twisting a little bit in terms of the other things you need to do as well, the point he's making is they're asking themselves the question, they're having the conversation, and there's an opportunity for Christ to speak to them. Yeah, that's right. That. Now, and it doesn't excuse the pride no, and the correct. rivalry because again in chapter two he's going to go on and say you know we we need to make ourselves i mean we need to be like christ and yeah. make ourselves nothing and humble ourselves and so he's going to put a lot of emphasis on that so he's not excusing that he's just saying don't worry about that yeah. look the main thing is that christ is preached so don't you know don't make your life a sort of fight against people that you think well we can get so uh, distracted just know, trying to deal with the people wrong. we think are saying the wrong yeah. thing and actually not get on with the mission if being given yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's I right. guess in a sense, Paul's saying, just press on with what you're doing and don't be distracted in yeah, a sense right. by, yeah. by these guys. It, just before that, and we, we don't need to hover too much on this, but a beautiful prayer of thanksgiving for the church in Philippi yeah. from Paul to open the letter, which is very typical of uh, of Paul, obviously, and his yeah. letters, this beautiful greeting to, to the people there, or believers there in Philippi. And then he moves into this section that we've sort of covered already, where he talks about living as Christ to live as, uh, to be able to serve God's mission, yeah. but to die is also yeah, great because yeah. I can go yeah, to be right. with the Lord. So, yeah. Um, and and then, then we move into the chapter two, which is this yeah. whole chapter on Christian humility, which it seems like it has a little bit of a either a hymn or a poem or a song or something that Paul's quoted 
in their um yeah there's a bit of discussion about that i i, I think so, some of the better commentaries are saying look it's this is probably paul writing this there's there's just no evidence that it's you know taken from anywhere else it's, it's, there's every reason to think that this is paul uh, that's writing this but you, you know look that that could be the case now the interesting thing about this i mean this is a call for humility but really it's unity is is the yeah. is the issue at stake here and and, you know, Paul has lovingly planted this church, has seen God do amazing things to lead to this church. And dissension will destroy churches. I mean, history has yeah. seen, you know, dissension has destroyed churches. Now, there are moments when, uh, you know, when denominations have been created through people disagreeing or deciding to go their separate ways, uh, you know, like with the Reformation or, or, and so forth. And that's not necessarily, um, you know, sometimes that can be for the best, you yes. know, and, and I think the great example of that is, you know, is when Paul and Barnabas split, you know, the story in Acts, when they decide to go the separate Some ways. Place. Well, that leads to two yeah. missions rather than one, right. you know. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and so, uh, but the, the, the thing is with, with dissension is that it can actually destroy congregations mm. and, and, and throw a lot of people out on the street, spiritually speaking. Yeah. And so here is this church that he's lovingly planted. And the thing that, that, it's not external opposition. It's not external threats that right. are really the main threat to this church. It's yeah. actually internal dissension. It's the internal disunity. And because we're human beings and we can easily squabble about things and find relatively unimportant things to squabble about, that is always a danger, mm. disunity in the church. Mm. And so throughout Paul's letters, and we've seen this in Ephesians, the constant call for unity. Yeah. And here again in Philippians, you have this call for unity. And the thing that's going to enable this is, is humility. So he says, uh, he, so first of all, back in chapter one, verse 27, he says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Mm. Uh, then wh- whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit striving together uh, as for the faith uh, of the gospel. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, this is about mission. He's saying this is about mission. It's not about what you, th- you know, one against another. Just you have to stay together yeah. for the sake of the mission because divided we fall. So, and then he, he says in chapter two, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Mm. And I think being like-minded means letting the main thing be the main thing. Yeah, that's it. Okay, let's totally. focus on the main thing here. Having the same love, being one uh, in spirit and of one mind, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, mm. not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Then you get this very famous poem really it yeah. is a poem uh it's, it has a lot of po- poetic elements that he's that he writes here that is you know one of the most beautiful expressions of yeah. who jesus is and what jesus does and but it's important to remember this is in the context of a call for unity right yeah. we this is we need we need to put mission first so much just like jesus yeah and he says here who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or in the NIV something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Mm. Of course, crucifixion was not only 
painful, but it was humiliating. Yeah. That was the point of it. You were hung up naked. Yeah. And uh, so it was It was used as a tool of, of shaming and humiliation. So this is, you know, he subject himself even to that for the sake of the mission, right? Mm. Uh, so he's saying by no means put your interest above those or, of or others any or little that squabble of the church that you've got. How, yeah. could, how, how much more difficult can it just be to put up with that or deal yeah. with that than what Christ <clears throat> had to do here? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting here, you know, he says, who being in very nature, God, being in the very form of God. Mm. So this is a, a stunning declaration of the divinity of Christ, who did not consider equality with God, right? This is, man, that's a big statement, mm. something to be uh, grasped or used to use for his own advantage. So the idea here is that he's, he's giving up the rights of his divinity, mm. um, the rights to be worshipped, respected, and, and, and he's submitting himself uh, to the the ridicule, to the punishment, uh, to the mistreatment for the sake of the mission. Yeah. And of course, Paul has modeled this uh, to them and he's wanting them to be like-minded. Yeah. And that's yes. good. And so, you know, and he goes on and says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow uh, in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue mm. acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's Amen. interesting. That's actually a quote from Isaiah 45. Yes. And, in, yeah. and uh, in Isaiah 45, this is actually about God. Every knee should bow and every tongue acknowledge uh, the Lord, you know, and here, uh, you know, Paul is uh, using this uh, about Jesus. And the other thing just on unity, you know, coming back to that and, and understanding uh, the, the unity we need to have, regardless of our own struggles, challenges, disagreements, uh, recognizing what Christ mm. did, is that aside from how it can have impact internally on the congregation, it's just such a poor witness to the gospel. Yeah, you know, that's it's like, right. uh, yeah. oh, you're no better than the, everyone else is arguing about stuff here. You yeah. know? And so he's, he, I think he's equally concerned about the witness that that is yeah. to those around if yeah. they see that the, the church itself can't even be united. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. And, and the point that he wants to make here is that you have been saved for this, right? Yes. You, 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 you have been saved into a different sort of life. So it's not just like in first century Judaism had kind of this sense of, you know, I keep the law and it's like a badge that I wear and I'm in the in crowd, right? And Paul is saying, we've got to not think of it essentially like that. It's not like this badge that you wear and then, you know, I'm better than you and you're, you know, you've been saved into a new kind of life. And now you actually need to live this out, or as he goes on to say here, and you need to now work this out. And he's yes. not saying you need to work for it no, or earn right. it. He's just saying you need to work it out. Like it's something that in the same way as Jesus would say to a, a cripple, your sins are forgiven, you know, get up and walk. Yeah, uh, The person still had to get, get up, up and, and walk, walk and actually, yeah. you know, enter into their healing. The healing that, you know, they didn't bring it about. No, Jesus did that, but they have to walk in it in their healing. Mm. So he's essentially saying the same thing here when he says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and to act to fulfill his good purpose. He's saying, you know, God is at work, but you need to step into that. You know, you need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit because he's talked about being one, all of them together yeah, that's right. in the one spirit, right? So if if they step out of their selfishness, it's like stepping, it's like crippled people stepping up and into this one flow of the spirit mm. of what God is doing and joining in this purpose together. And that's going to be the thing that is going to unite them. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's almost like, you know, riding a bike when you stop, it fall, the bike falls over. They, they've got to get 
you know, get, get going, right? Because yeah. their faith, their and, faith, and their as you said a little earlier, you know, focusing on the goal, you know, not on all the other little peripheral things, but focusing exactly. on the goal. Yeah, you know, and he says, forward. he says, you know, when when you as you do this, uh, you know, because he says, do everything without grumbling or arguing, right? So that you can become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Like, don't that's what everyone else is playing. Yeah. You know that the, that game. rivalry yeah. game, and then he says here, then you will shine. Among them, like stars in the sky, you know, like the stars shine in the night sky and there's a beauty to, you'll be like that, right? Mm. So, um, And amongst all this yeah. darkness and rivalry and et yeah. cetera. Yeah. And he says, and then I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run this labor in vain. Mm. You see his heart here, man, the, the what he went through to plant that church as in, you know, his time being beaten and going to jail there in Philippi. And and he doesn't want to, this amazing work that God did through his suffering, mm. he doesn't want to see that uh, fall away. Yeah, fall yeah. away. Um, so, you know, he says, but even if I'm poured out like a drink offering uh, on the sacrifice. It's still worth it. It's coming yeah. out faith. I'm glad and rejoice yeah. with all of you. So that's how, you know, Paul thinks of, he's, he, he is a living sacrifice, as he yeah. says in Romans. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, yeah. and that's how he's thinking. And he wants them to be of the same mind. Yeah, so. essentially saying, with Christ, it doesn't matter what happens, how bad I can't lose. Yeah, I've already won. Yeah. So at the end of chapter two, he uh, addresses the situation with Tim- Timothy and Epaphroditus. So he's not sending Timothy; he's sending Epaphroditus. Uh, but he commends Epaphroditus to them. You know, point. I mean, Epaphroditus n- nearly died for. Uh, you know, on the way and uh, for his mission, but he's, he, you know, this guy's dedicated. And so he's really honoring Epaphroditus so that yeah. they can, um, yeah. you know, respect him. So that's, um, uh, that's what he does there. In chapter three, he addresses then these, um, these people that are causing some dissension. That yeah. Pretty strong words too. Very, yeah, yeah very strong For Paul, words. really. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty unusual kind of, you know, where he says in verse three, watch out for dogs, watch out for evil workers. You know, dogs was a term used yeah. really to describe anyone who wasn't really, uh, yeah. well, at the time a Jew, really, a believer. Yeah, uh, and, and, um, and it's fair enough because, you know, they're, they're, they're oh, yeah. coming in with this spirit of rivalry mm. and, you know, yes, Yes, they're 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 preaching the gospel, but they they are plus. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the gospel plus, and and it's just causing dissension. It's yeah. and it's actually causing this kind of hierarchy. It's it's you know we're better than you, and mm. and so mm. forth. And he just he he comes down pretty hard on this. And I wonder whether that was part of what some of this arguing and debate was about because these guys had come in and it's it's we don't really know but it yeah. it feels like he's so strong about this that he's actually now trying to deal with what he sees as the primary issue here where it's not just about Christ it's yeah. actually about Christ plus you need to do this and observe yeah, that that's and right. do this and do that as well yeah that's right and he says look uh, for it is we who are the circumcision he says mm. uh, we mm. who serve God by his spirit who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh and he goes on and he talks about his own yeah, testimony yeah if anyone had confidence That's in right. the flesh it was me you know yeah exactly absolutely yeah. and he talks about all of his qualifications look i you know i was up there right yeah. but i he goes in he says in verse 7 but yeah. whatever were gains to me i now consider loss for the sake of christ right? yeah, yeah and this is the emptying right this is our version of the emptying uh, it's emptying ourselves of all worldly qualifications and markers of that that might um, distinguish us and set us over other people. You know, we consider all of that loss. We empty ourselves of that. Yeah. But even more, I feel it's the sense that we have, and it's part of our 
as we've talked about again in our other podcast, Human Predicament, the sense that we just can't, we struggle to accept the free gift as good as that that yeah. Christ gives us. And so we're always driven by doing things, somehow earning yeah. or, or, or making ourselves feel worthy, yeah. which we can't do. Yeah, you that's know? right. Uh, yeah. And so he says, look, and all of that he did, you know, if if anyone could have felt pretty self-confident, but, you know, he says, but I realized all of that was refuse. It was, it was just me. It was more Tower of Babel building. It was just pride. It was really, you know, religious pride. And so he says it was all refuse. I chucked it all out, right? Because it was something that I just used to, you know, overshadow other people Mm. and, and, you know, build Mm. my own ego and so forth. Mm. So, but in fact, blind him to, I I mean, I I hear what you're saying yeah. about our how we posture ourselves against others, but I think even to ourselves, this stuff actually gets in the way. Yeah, that's you right. Know? And the fact that it's not just neutral, well, it didn't really matter. He's actually saying, no, not only did it not really matter, yeah. but it's actually negative. Oh my! Yeah, God. that's right. Because it got in the way got of in him the way. understanding his need for salvation, his Correct. need for Christ. Yeah, and and again. They're going to meet in this place of humility. It's the place of humility they're going to, they're going to meet. This is what we're all we're all equally Christ. and yeah. totally disqualified. Right? Yeah, that's all, it. exactly. That's 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 what we all have in common. We are equally completely disqualified mm. and in need of grace, and that mm. puts everyone on the same footing: slave, free, nobility, uh, you know, Pharisee, sinner, everyone. Yep. We're all on the same footing here, um, and we're all in need of Christ. And so here is this, the ground of this unity, right? Mm. And so we need to actually, any sense of qualification that we might have, we need to cast it aside, empty ourselves and, and, and join together um, on this, this new basis. So this always for Paul is the basis on which unity of the church is possible. And the, and, and humility is the thing that enables uh, us to, to recognize that. You know, again, it's it's interesting. You know, Paul's focus on mission. You know, he says uh, he, he says here, "I want to know Christ." Yes, to know the power of His resurrection, participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. It's not that he, again. He's not saying I'm I'm, I'm not earning sure I'm this. To, yeah, that's right. It's not, he's not saying I'm earning this, but he wants to participate. He wants to. For him, because he he said, "For me to live is Christ." in In chapter one, mm. and now he's expanding on this, saying, "I want to join with Christ even now." Because in some ways, he sees his life as a mirror of Christ, and he, in fact, he sees our lives are meant yes. to be a mirror of Christ. We're meant to reflect That's Christ, it. and so this is what Paul sees in his sufferings. He sees, well, uh, this happened to Jesus, right? And and I am. One with Christ in in his sufferings in this in this sense, and so he says, "This is what I want, right? I want to be one with Christ, and if that means going through sufferings, then that's yeah, then that's for the best and and I think that's the thing sometimes we can want the power uh, of his resurrection to know him in the power of his resurrection, but the next little bit you know, and the fellowship of his suffering yeah. <laughs> is a bit we'd rather avoid. Yeah, that's but the right. reality is that is life. And yeah. as you said before, when we're dropped onto the mission field uh, for that short period of time, it's not a great place to be. Yeah, and, that's and, right. And, and, you know, there are going to be challenges. And what we've got to remember is we've got to keep an eye on the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, you know, he says here, it's not like 
absolute oneness is not it's is not claiming perfection no. here because he says not well, that I've already obtained exactly. this or I've already arrived at my goal but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me brothers and sisters I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ yeah you know again this is this I'm on mission I'm going to do this and then I'm out of here but I think also he speaking to the fact that we all are going to make mistakes and slip up but instead of looking back and beating ourselves up about those things we need to acknowledge those things and own yeah. those yeah, things that's right. but we need to look forward to where Christ is drawing yeah, us to that's right know? and then he points to his example right yeah. he's setting himself up as this is my this is what I'm aiming for so he's not claiming perfection he's saying mm. this is what I live for right this is my trajectory so Follow my example. Live for this too, right? Let this same mind be in you as well. And uh, so he says, join together. Notice it's not just follow my example, but join together in yeah. following my example because he's concerned with unity. And he reminds them here that uh, our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there. So just remind yourselves that you're not you're you're, you're on mission here on earth. Uh, it's not about getting comfortable. It's not about your lifestyle goals. Mm. Uh, your citizenship uh, is in heaven. And that, by the way, doesn't mean that Paul thinks that we're going to go to another planet no. or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because ultimately, kingdom. of course, the kingdom of God is, is going to be established on earth. Yes. But we, we are citizens of this sort of foreign, uh, what now is, is a kind of a, a foreign system, you know, mm. To, mm. to the world system. Mm. So we've got to live not by the world system, but by yeah. uh, by the heavenly system. Yeah. And I, I love what he says here in verse 16, just a little bit before mm. that. So he says, therefore, all who are mature should think this way and should live up to whatever truth we have attained. And it's it's what you know, at least live that out as you continue to grow yeah. in your faith and knowledge of God. Yeah. So don't just accumulate knowledge. Yeah. Yes, learn and, and and receive the revelation of Christ, but make sure that impacts the way that you yeah. live going forward. Yeah. yeah. In in chapter four, he's obviously addressing this specific, that there was a specific yeah. um, dispute in the church. We don't know oh. what it was. He says, I plead with uh, Udo and I plead with uh, Syntyche to be of the same mind in the mm. Lord. Yeah. So we, we don't know what's going on there, but obviously there's a dispute and people are probably leaders and people had probably gotten behind mm. uh you know, each of those leaders and he's saying that is not, that's going to destroy that. That's going to destroy you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's so nice to see Paul, you know, this is a personal letter written yeah. to real people, yeah. you know, about, a, you know, life. And uh, it's, it's nice to see that you don't often get lots of names mentioned. Yeah, that's like right. Got in this oh chapter. yeah. Yeah. That's, it's great. Rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah. I will say it again. Rejoice. This is a guy that's in prison, mind yeah, you. Still, you know. Yeah. So it's not, it's not that we need to be happy about our situation. You know, about our situation, or not that it's everything's going to be pleasant. Mm. But there is this, this sense that we're part of this purpose, right? This we're part of this unthwartable purpose, and we rejoice in the fact that we can be the seed of God's kingdom, even if it has to get pushed into the ground. And uh, that that's that's the theme of his rejoicing yeah. in in all that he's going through, yeah. and he addresses their anxiety. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, my prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests with God to God. Mm. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. That's a good one to memorize. Yep. Sure I, I, you know, it's interesting when I first started at, at Bible college, I, before I did my theological degree, I just started doing some Bible college stuff at sort of certificate level. And, and the, 
the new, my New Testament uh, lecturer gave us a whole list, two, uh, two or three pages of Bible references to learn off by heart. And I've never, I've never forgotten those Bible references, yeah. you know, because yeah. I didn't grow up in a Christian church or grow up memorizing mm. scripture. I mean, you know, I think in the old days in Sunday school, there used to be a lot of scripture memorization. Yes. I, I recommend memorizing portions yeah. oh, of scripture. Yeah, totally. I really recommend that. Uh, this is one I always knew off mm. by heart. This is what made me think of this. Mm. And it's always stuck, you know, that, that to, to be able to say that to myself and remember that. Uh, it's so valuable. I, you know, I, I would recommend people when you read a letter, uh, highlight some stuff. I, I recommend use use your Bible like a workbook, or if yep. you have a, you know, if you digital um, version, if you have a digital version, you know, highlight oh. stuff and pull out some things and memorize it. Yeah, memorize totally. some key things that are important for you. Totally, and and remember them because they, it will serve you well. Yeah, can I add to that too? Because I used to, you know, unlike you, I did grow up in in somewhat of a. Uh, well, my mum was a Christian, but we yeah. and we did the scripture yeah. memorization thing. It's it's important to know where to find it too. So I could remember yeah. the scriptures, but oh, it's somewhere. <laughs> but it, but it meant that I couldn't point it to anyone else. Yeah, like, yeah oh, yeah. where is that? Yeah, that's oh, good. Yeah, somewhere in here. You yeah. know, it, it's really good to be able to go there. Yeah. It's right there, and then actually lead someone out yeah. through that passage as that's well. Great. So I'd really encourage you learn the scripture, but learn where yeah. it's to be found as well. Yeah, so, yeah, it's great. At the end of the letter, he he thanks them for their gifts. It's interesting. He, he, there's this wonderful section here where, having been in the prison for, as I said earlier, about a year, this is a very difficult situation yeah. to like. I mean, this is not a nice situation to be in. He says here, I've learned to be content, hmm. whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Mm. And I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, he's saying that because he's been in this prison now for about a year. They're in a situation of need at at the moment, right? And so he he, even here, he's modeling to them, even in your need, right? Even in your lack, I, I know you're anxious, right? Give that anxiety to God and learn to be content. Whether you have much or whether you have little, and it's it's a beautiful a beautiful statement that contentment is not dependent on our external circumstances. Yeah. It's a it's, it, it comes it's an internal peace that mm. comes from gi- giving our lives over to God, giving our needs over to God, and walking in His purpose, mm. and knowing that. Our lives, because again, Paul doesn't know whether this is going to end in his execution. I mean, he, he's, but he's saying, uh, I am, I am completely content, and I know that if this does end in my execution, hey, I go to be with Christ, yeah. and that's better. Yeah. So I'm content. You know, it's, it's this, and there's nothing. There's no sense that anything can thwart that, right? Because he knows God's got his situation, right? Yeah. He's, he's, he's not, he's not anxious about this because he's, you know, he's, he's entrusted his life to God. He's entrusted his needs to God. Uh, God has by by the way, fulfilled some of those needs through them. Okay, yes. so the, yep. their their generosity, uh, God has used that. So that's that's important too. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you know, he's he's he is at peace in yeah. this situation, and that is remarkable. Oh, you know, yeah, and totally. he's he's modelling that to them. He's sending this letter, and he's and you know he has that prayer at the start where he's praying for them to know this. Right? Uh, yeah, he's it's it's overall this letter. I think is. It's it's so rich in the way that it models what life is all about, 
Yeah. This is this is a letter more than anywhere, and I've read through this letter more times than I can count. I come back to this, and it reminds me, ah, oh, this is what life is all about. Life is mission, right? And we're here to fulfill that mission and to love each other and to testify to the gospel of Christ and to do this together, right? Of course, there are so many wonderful things about life and things we can enjoy uh, on the way. And that's a blessing when mm. when we have it. But when we don't, hey, you know, we're on mission and let's get about it. And, and I think the other thing to say too is sometimes when life does get difficult and there are challenges that come our way, we look to find that joy in other things Yeah, instead of taking our joy in Christ and making sure that we go back to him. And so we go off and in our current culture, we spend money and buy bigger cars and nicer homes and yeah. and whatever it is that we look for to try to, to deal with those challenges instead of just simply turning to Christ, putting it at his feet in his hands and saying, well, I'm, I'm on mission for you and whatever yeah, it needs right. to be, it will be. Yeah, that's right. And I love the way that Paul, you know, expresses this. There's joy in this letter. There's contentment in this letter. There is peace. And here is here is a man in in the most difficult situation you can imagine, but he's got joy, he's got peace, he's content because he knows whose hands his life is in. Just before we close this episode of Thrive Deeper, I did want to point you back to Matt's reference to our sister podcast, Thrive Perspectives. In Perspectives, Matt, myself, and our good friend and deep thinker Connell are working through a series of topics unpacking the Christian worldview. We ask some of the big questions like, how do we reconcile suffering and pain? Or what about human identity or collective responsibility? What about my doubt? What's the point and purpose of prayer and much more? I'd encourage you to check out Thrive Perspectives as we discuss the ideas and issues that shape our lives today. You can find out more as always via our website thrivetoday.tv or search up Thrive Perspectives via iTunes or Spotify or in your favorite podcast app. We hope you'll join us soon. Thank you.